I want to put up these words. I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working all things for good. Ah, isn't that good? Like, that's not always an easy thing for each of us to believe, right? But as we were singing this morning, I found myself sitting there and saying, you know what, God, I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. And I still believe you're going to work all things for good. What a good thing. All right, today we're going to talk about a few things. As soon as I switch this over. Somewhere over here. We're going to talk a little bit about God's presence. You're going to find that I am going to come back to God's presence frequently in the following years, days, weeks, months, all that stuff. Because in the end, here's the thing. It's in his presence that you're going to find freedom, that you're going to find joy, that you're going to find purpose, that you're going to find truth, that you're going to find encouragement, that you're going to find refuge, that you're going to find anything that you're actually needing is going to be found in his presence. Now, the best that I can do as a minister is bring you back to his presence. The cool thing, the cool thing is in the kingdom of heaven and in this church, we don't have a church with a minister. We have a church of ministers right? Like those that are new, one of the things that we do as a practice at this church is at the end of the sermon, we will break up into groups and just pray with each other. If you're like, oh, that freaks me out. That's okay. I release you from obligation, from expectation. You don't have to do anything. My hope is that somebody will come find you and just pray a blessing over you. Now, hopefully that doesn't freak you out. But in the end, I feel like if you came to church, you're probably okay with being blessed, right? Yeah? Well, at least we should be. So that's going to be what that's going to be at the end of the service. And part of that is it's designed because we are a congregation of ministers. And we understand that as a, as a church, you know, we can come alongside of each other and pray with each other and encourage each other. And sometimes we just need to listen to one another, right? Because we've all got stuff we're going through. But today we're going to talk a little bit about God's presence because it's good. There's, there's a spot in the Bible where there's a guy named Moses brings the Israelites out of Egypt, okay? And they go into the desert for three days. They don't have food. Then they don't have water. And they start grumbling and say, ah, we should go back to Egypt. How come our leader brought us over here? And so then Moses cries out and God's like, okay, here, throw this stick in the water. It's going to make some, you know, good water for you to drink. Here, let me give you some manna. You know, and they're like, oh, we're so tired of this man. He's like, let me give you meat. Oh, we're so tired of this. Like, they kept going back and forth with all this stuff. Got to this place, and there's this crazy spot in the Bible where Moses and God are talking, and God's basically like, all right, you keep going. I'm going to stay here. Like, if I go with you, I'm going to smite you all. Like, this is a crazy passage where he's telling Moses, like, I just invested 80 years into you being at the spot to lead my people out of Egypt, and I have been promising for generation." After generation, after generation, I'm going to bring you into my presence and into the promised land. But you know what? You guys complain so much like it's better for you to just go. Like, that's lead up to this verse. And Moses' response is, how would it be known that I or your people have found favor in your sight? Isn't it because when you go with us, what distinguishes us from the people of the face of the earth but your presence? Like, there's nothing that 
is different about us than the rest of the world except for God's presence, right? That's, like, that is the thing. God's presence is the thing that defines it. And Moses nailed it. He's like, hey, you know what? Even if for the rest of our generations we're going to hang out in the desert, we're going to hang out in the desert in your presence as opposed to moving on without you, right? Now, I'm thankful with God's response because God basically says, hey, my presence shall go with you and I'll give you rest. What beautiful things. Oh, there's some people here today who are like, man, I could use some rest. This has been a hard winter. This has been a hard situation I'm going through. Like there are people in here that are in the middle of storms. And sometimes when we have storms, it looks like this and you're like, oh, storm's coming. It's time for me to just put the boat there and I'm just going to weather the storm. I'm going to find a safe place and hang out. And sometimes that's really what you need to do. Find a harbor. Now, a lot of us males, that when we get to about the age of 20, we feel like we need to be in every storm because we need to conquer them. And as you gain some wisdom, you start thinking, yeah, now I'm going to sit this one out. I don't, I don't need this storm. <laughs> like, that one, you can, you can, it, it can do its own thing, right? But you have to learn that. You have to have the wisdom to say, oh, wait, this one, it's worth just letting it go. This one's not my fight. It's not my storm. May God give you today the wisdom and the discernment to know which storms to sit out, okay? Um, some of you feel like that, right? And you've got two options. When that kind of storm is coming, it will smash your deck to pieces. It'll smash your ship, right? And so the cool thing with ships is if you go and you, you put down the sails, you can sit there and you can get in the bottom, and most boats eventually, as long as you don't completely annihilate the boat, will eventually stand back up. Now, it'll, it'll break them. It'll, it, you know, tatter them. You'll move along a little bit. You'll weather the storm, but all you do is take a beating, right? Now, there's some times in our life where God wants us to throw up the sails. He says, hey, there's a storm here, but it's going to take you somewhere, right? Now, it reminds me of when I was in St. Paul Island, middle of the Bering Sea, up by the Arctic. Um, it was a tough year. There was darkness in every sense of the word that you can think of on this island. Um, the best thing about the island is everybody knew each other. The worst thing about the island is everybody knew each other. I mean, most people were related at least once, right? Like, when you think about it, think about those that are in storms right now, it doesn't take much to think about the time that you're in a storm because you're in it, right? Many of you have been through some storms in your life, and we need your wisdom and your guidance for those that are yet to go through storms to help guide and lead people through, right? But think about for a second the worst storm you've been in in your life. And then now think about the fact that you're on an island and you can't get away from it and everybody else is in the same storm. Like if you think that you're like suffocated in that middle of the storm, now you're like, oh man, I can't do anything about it. And I was up there, right? There weren't a whole lot of Christians that were up there, and it was hard. I felt like, man, I've got nothing. God, like, I feel like I'm just barely holding on by a thread, and here's a place that, like, could actually use me being on fire for you. Like, it could actually use me going and, and loving people well, and I feel like I'm barely hanging on, right? And I felt like God was like, hey, let's do some pruning. He's like, here's a branch, here's a branch. Actually, you know what? I'm going to get the chainsaw. He starts chainsawing me down. But the thing is, I found myself looking at these kids, and it was like, oh, man, they need more from me. They need me to not just duck and cover. They need me not to put my boat and just say, uh-uh, I'm out on this one. 
Like there was too much on the line. And those that are parents understand that, you know what? When it comes to your kids, so many times you're like, even though I would rather not be in this storm, I need to throw up my sails and see where God takes us. Because right here, I'm going to take a beating. My kids are going to take a beating, right? And sometimes you've got to just go, all right, God, I'm going to be completely vulnerable, completely open, and I need you to provide. I need you to protect. I need you to be the shelter. Um, eagles. Anybody know what eagles do with storms? Let me rephrase this. Has anybody ever seen an eagle down by where you're at in the middle of a really violent storm? No. Do you know what eagles do? They, they know it's coming. It's just like a lot of these other animals. They know when the storms are coming, and instead of running away from them, and instead of hunkering down, they fly towards them, and they embrace, kind of like this sail thing that's right here. They put their sails open, and the wind takes them, and they take the updraft, and they go up on top of the storm. And they don't even have to, like, fly hard because the wind is enough to just keep them there. So all they have to do is just hang out on top. Like, during the middle of storms, it is rest for them. For those that are like, I don't know that I can take a chance opening up to God in the middle of my storm. Like, that's why it says, you know, for those who hope in the Lord, they will renew, renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and they'll not be faint. It's in Isaiah. And they can do that because the wind is a thing that's going underneath them. All they have to do is open up to it. Is that an easy thing to do? No. That takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of vulnerability, right? That is not easy. The cool thing, though, is when you spend time opening up like that, that's when fruit happens. That's when good stuff happens. You can prune things, but the, the point of it is to bring abundant life afterwards. You know, so many times, as, as parents with little ones, right, the biggest thing you can do is show up for your kids, is your presence. We're talking about God's presence in our life. Our presence in our kids' lives, showing up, right? Showing up for your friend who's going through stuff. Showing up, you know, for your family. Showing up is like the biggest thing of presence, right? Now, I think about last week we are talking about Matthew Sanger. On his way down to Guatemala, he put him in the presence of a Guatemalan. Remember that? Like, he had the gift of bringing them to minister and bring them, hey, here's Jesus. Let me just have a conversation here with you. Like, let's put it together. All he had to do was be there, right? He had to be there and say, I'm willing to be used, right? Goes down to Guatemala, and when he's in Guatemala, they give you the property, right? They give you the property. If he tries to get that property from here, guess what happens? One, it either doesn't happen or it probably comes with a big price tag, right? The fact that he was willing to go and show up, have the presence there, things shift when you're present. Now, in this day and age, we can think of collective storms that are coming to our country, to our world. There's stuff that's going on. There's a storm right now in Ishpeming, right? This last week, terrible, right? Those that know what I'm talking about, like, that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. There's storms in our community. There are families that are getting squeezed already from inflation, right? You think about Ukraine and Russia and all the things that are going on over there. Like, we look at the inflation of gas prices, housing prices. Like, there's so much stuff that if we choose, we can either be afraid of the unknown that's coming. And we can say, there's a storm coming. I don't know what it is, but I'm afraid of it. And you can fix your eyes on that storm that's coming. 
You can also fix your eyes on the stuff of the past, right? The stuff that has left the damage that you feel like, I'm not quite whole anymore. I, I don't have, like I've got this shame, I've got this fear, I've got this anger, I've got this guilt, I've got these things, right? And the enemy will get you to either focus on the stuff of the past or the stuff of the present. Sorry, stuff of the future, right? But the whole goal for you is today, if we can stop, if we can be still today, if we can put down our phones, put down our TVs, go outside and enjoy some liquid sunshine. Um, you know, like if we can pause long enough to meet God now, like that is your goal, regardless of storms that are coming, storms that have come, like being able to get into his presence, that's the only thing that's going to get you through it. It's the only thing that's going to get me through it. And you know what? Sometimes when you're in the middle of the storm, you can't see that. And what you need is a brother or sister to say, hey, you know what? best thing we can do is let's just hang out. You know what? Let's go get a coffee. Let's go do this thing. You know what? It might just be, hey, I want to hear you out, but what can we do right this minute, right? Because it's so easy to fix our eyes on things coming or have come. But right now, in the present is the only time that we can sit in his presence, right? And when it's his presence, man, it works wonders. I think some of you were at the, the Good Friday service where I shared a little bit of the story. Um, when I think of missions, right, I, I internally went back and forth to so many things because I've been in missions roles a number of times. And honestly, a lot of fantastic things gets done with Americans going over into the mission field. There's also collateral damage that sometimes happens. And like knowing that as, as a Christian, like it's a hard thing to balance. But when I'm having those hard times balancing, and I remember situations like Ukraine. And when I was at Ukraine 10 years ago, I was at an orphanage, and it was a, an orphanage for, for kids that had special needs. And many of these kids didn't have families um, and didn't have anybody to really take care of them. Some of them didn't ever have names. And part of why they didn't have names is because the workers that were there they had isolated the rest of the community from them because they had felt shame with what was going on. And they were so burnt out taking care of all of these kids that they didn't have supplies. They didn't have diapers to change the kids except for once a week, right? And so a lot of these kids didn't have physical touch. And for them to actually name the child meant that they would have an attachment that they would have to grieve. And the thing is, my group came in there and they allowed my group... like. We had, we had, there was a missionary that had been there forever that he had tried 20 times to get to this, this group, and they wouldn't let him come on in as an American guy by himself. They were like, I don't know what your deal is. Don't know your situation. Finally, when he had a team of missionaries coming through for a month, he said, hey, I've got this team that would like to just play with the kids. And they said, oh, you got a team? Come on in. Because they, like, again, just because we had our presence there in Ukraine, it opened this door for him to then go on in there. The cool thing is we were able to pay some Ukrainian college students to be our translators. So now you had local college students that were coming on in, and they then saw what was going on, and they said, oh, my goodness, God, let us be part of that answer to these kids, right? We put it on blogs, and immediately we had families that said, I'm going to start sending monthly diapers to this, this orphanage, right? So now these kids that had never really been touched, the workers that were exhausted felt like they were alone. 
a, a missionary that didn't have access to these kids, right? And then you had locals that didn't even know what was going on in their own community. All of that opened up. Was it because I was the best missionary ever? No. I was willing to give of my presence, right? And just our presence was enough, right? It was enough of an excuse to say, okay, come on in. And as soon as they came on in, that door was open from then on out, right? Now, when we think of our family, when we think of our friends, like how many times do we have people in our community that they, they need a lifeline, right? And all they need is for one person to say, I'm going to stop thinking about the future or the past, and I'm just going to find a way to love somebody that's just in front of me today, right? If you can just be kind, you right? How often do we walk around and we, we just see like a thousand people on their phones? Like we are detached in so many ways, right? And that detachment then isolates us. But if we could put that down and find a way to like actually just meet somebody where they're at and love them, man, it would be awesome. The cool thing is if you can bring somebody into the presence of the Lord, and it might even be yourself, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Man, how many people are like, I could use a little more freedom in my life? Hey, may God give you extra freedom. You too, buddy. All right. You want some more freedom? Hey, I would like some more freedom in my life. Right? Good news is, we know the one that can provide it. The good news is, the avenue is spending time in his presence. Right? Oh. Ephesians 3.12 says, Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Some versions say that you can go boldly to the throne of God. Think about this for a second. How many of us disqualify ourselves from his presence? Right? Again, it's that past stuff of shame, guilt, fear, anger, all these things where we say, I got to clean myself up before I come into his presence. You can't. There's one person who can clean you. It's the one that you go to his presence, right? And does, does it say, oh, just limp in and hope that, you know, something good happens? No, it says you can come in boldly. You can come boldly and say, hey, Dad, I, I need a hug. Dad, I need, I need to spend some time in your presence. Like, I'm hurting. I am bleeding out, right? Some of us are in that spot where it takes a lot of courage, but that's the invitation, right? It's the invitation to come on in and come in and boldly. I love Psalm 46. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. If you're here today and you're saying, man, I just don't know what I would say to him even if I got into his presence, probably ahead of me, right? Because the best thing you might need to do is go in and just listen, right? Just be still. Like he just wants you to know who he is. And part of that is because if you know who he is, and he is a creator that made you like himself, it's going to give you a lot more insight into who you are, right? And the cool thing is he's a God of love who's created us to love, right? And so it's only good things coming. All right, one more verse. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto him with psalm. So in conclusion, I, uh, I started writing down all the things that happen. Uh when you come into God's presence, and then I ended up deleting it because really everything that you're looking for today is going to be found in his presence. Like that, that is the thing. So what I'm going to do is 
Actually, I want to pray over you really quick, and then we're going to get into groups to pray with each other. Um, and I encourage you just spend some time in his presence. Go ahead and encourage people, but if you're like, I just need to sit, just sit and listen, right? Um, and then we'll go into some worship after that. Again, you're free to, to join us with Thanksgiving, and you're free to just sit down and just let it wash over you, right? Wash over you with his goodness and with his faithfulness, all right? Dad, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for this, this group of people here today. Dad, I know that you want to meet with them. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to just make yourself known today. God, we come into your presence and we're thankful that we're not obligated to clean ourselves first. God, a lot of times we, we try to hold on to our chains of, of shame and guilt and fear and frustration. God, I ask that you would cleanse us of those things, that you would let us just let them go. God, the, the weight that we carry, that we have carried, God, help us lay it at your feet. God, I ask that you would put your sweetness in us, God, that you would bring a refreshment to us. God, those that are dry, I ask that you would just bring just a refreshment, like they're sitting on the banks of a, just a calm, peaceful water. God, I ask that, that those that are tired, that are weary, God, that you would just give them vision of hope, God, that you would like a sunrise and a sunset, just paint a picture of what's coming. God, for those that are in the midst of storms, give them discernment to know if they're supposed to just hold on and, and let you protect. God, give them discernment to know if they're supposed to just hide under your wings and let you take the brunt of the, the force. Or if you're challenging them and encouraging them and inviting them to open up their wings and learn how to fly. God, I'm thankful that eagles know that there's rest on top of the storms. God, that there's still sunlight on top of the storms. God, for those of us that need to fly, God, I ask that you would give them the courage and the bravery to be able to fly high enough to be able to see your son. God, I'm, I'm so thankful that you are patient with us. God, I'm so thankful that it's your presence that you put on us and in us and through us that distinguishes us from the rest of the nations. God, may Water's Edge be known as a place that still believes that you're moving, that still believes that you're speaking, that still believes that you're going to work everything out for good because you love us. Dad, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.